Welcome to the 31st episode of the Red Sox Unfiltered Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Green, back from Charlotte, North Carolina, having another recording, another great episode of this lovely podcast that you guys have listened to, hopefully for a while. If not, welcome to the first episode you're ever hearing. Uh, joining me, as always, is the lovely and the astute Dave Latham. Dave, say hi. How's it going, everyone? I am not in Charlotte. I'm in Maine, so we do have some New England in this podcast. Yeah, it's it's not all Southern boys, because we also have, joining us, Chris Drozine, who is in Massachusetts. Chris, say hello. I think I'm the closest thing to uh, the Red Sox. Fenway. Yeah, Fenway. I am. I grew up I, in Mass, so give me that. No. I <laughs> I, I am the closest thing to the Red Sox. I grew up here and I yeah, he, he is the Massachusetts man. And soon, Dave, the main man. In, yeah. in about 2020, what, 2021, the Paw Sox, yeah, they're going to be a half hour away from my house. I basically am the Portland Sea Dogs press rep, though, so, you know. <laughs> all right, so, oh, yeah. Humble brag. We're all doing big humble things. Brag. We're all doing big <laughs> things. <laughs> We're all doing big things, and this episode will be even bigger. Um, yeah, it will be bigger. We There's not, not a lot has happened. For the Red Sox. Um, but that won't stop us. That will not stop us. Nothing will ever stop us. But it has been, there's not been a lot of moves. We're going to talk about uh, Colton Brewer. We're going to talk about some awards being handed out to the Red Sox because they deserve all the awards on the planet. But we also have a special segment um, today. Where we're going to do our Red Sox offseason wish lists, uh, as well as an MLB rapid fire produced by my, my great, great Chris Drozine uh, later in the show. But... I think we should just start with the off-season wish list and get this out of the way. So um, the objective of this is we will each pick three guys um, who we think the Red Sox should pursue this off-season, either through free agency or trade. Uh, we will all go around and list our three and then do some commentary back and forth. And with that said, that's all the parameters. Just have fun and go loose. Uh, Dave, you're on the clock. Uh, there's no clock, but you're on it. Go. All right. So, number one, I want to see the Red Sox bring back Nathan Navaldi. I feel like that needs to happen. Like, if that's literally all they did, it just, like, brought back Nathan Navaldi, did nothing else, I'm happy. I'm thrilled. That's number one for me. Number two, I'd like to see us get another reliever. Craig Kimbrell is almost certainly gone. Joe Kelly looks like a 50-50 right now. Even if we get Kelly back, we shouldn't just wipe us make a move for Dave Robertson. I'd really be excited to have him in the bullpen. I think that would be a great add. So that's number two for me. And number three on my off-season wish list is just um, sort of not to go too crazy in free agency. Save as it is, you're pressed up against the luxury tax. So get Valdi, get a reliever. But after that, just trust your farm system to sort of sort out the rest of the depth you need. This team won 108 games in the Grand and the World Series. The grand majority of that core is still there. So you don't have that many needs to fill. I'd rather not buy now. Uh, save up on save up on your money so that when the time comes at the trade deadline, you can start making those moves and affording those salaries for guys that you know you're gonna need when you have a more fleshed out idea of what your team is. Lovely. Uh, I don't think I can refute any of those guys. I think that those are all logical moves. Uh, Chris, what about you? Who who are your three on your big on your big Christmas list? Dave's is, like, way more fleshed out than mine is. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> I am a little strange in that, well, I guess Nathan Devaldi's on there just by the fact that he exists. 
Um, <laughs> but what, what I think should be done is there should be two relievers. I think one of them is Jerry's Familia, and I think the other oh. one is... Um, that guy's name. Some tip of my tongue. And I just saw what team? Give me a team. Give me a team. Uh, uh, Andrew Miller. Why couldn't I think of that? Ah. So, oh, so oh. the reason That's that I think... One. The reason... I don't know why I couldn't think of Andrew Miller. Whatever. Um, the reason I picked those two is because they both kind of had down years. I know Andrew Miller was more hurt than down. Um, but I feel like those two could conceivably replace and be better than the combo of Craig Kimbrell and Joe Kelly for even money, if not less money. Uh, the third thing is AJ Pollock. Now, Ooh, the only reason Chris. I say AJ Pollock is because he's 31. <laughs> I know we're going with this. He's 31. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not going there. You think I am. Uh, I think Dave Dombrowski has been on record saying that they're gonna, not really going to do much as far as position players go. I think I heard that. I could be wrong. Um, but I like the idea of A.J. Pollock as a one-year, kind of like the Josh Donaldson uh, make-good contract because he's in his, he'll be in his age 31 season. And he had a down year last year. So for a guy that wants to maybe build some stock or something and go back into the free agent market heading into his age 32, that could work. And, you know, I know he's probably looking for a full-time, but they can at least offer him, you know, the guy to roam around and whatnot. Um, that's what I think. I could be entirely wrong, and this could not be based in fact at all. But that's my wish list. If, well, two things to, t- to talk about your list. First of all, two relievers. I think a lot of Red Sox uh, pundits are kind of settled with the idea that the Red Sox are going to get at least one relatively high-ticket reliever, uh, whether that's going to be through trade or... Uh, free agency, but two they they could use two like they have room. Obviously, Kimbrel and Kelly may not come back uh, if they resign one of them. Then great, but there there is room for the Red Sox to get multiple high profile relievers. So I'm with you there. Uh, AJ Pollock, I just don't think I, I I love AJ Pollock. I love him as a bounce back candidate. Um, his defense and speed obviously aren't what they were, but the guy has so much potential and he's an above average hitter. So I would love Pollock, but just not on the red side. I don't just think it's going to happen. Yeah, it, he, yeah. Doesn't, he doesn't fit unless, for some reason, they decide to trade. And I'm going to say, Jay. I'm going to stab you in the heart right Maybe now. Jay. Jay. Don't Jay. do it. It's the and only, that's it's why, the only way that's, it makes that's sense. Why for like a, don't go down that road. In, 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 a way, like, in a way, if you're thinking money, this is like way more creative than I think general managers actually think, um, is that you would send JBJ out bring in A.J. Pollock on a year deal, and then you're rid of the money that JBJ is going to get in a raise. It's the only thing that I could think of, but I, I, don't think, I don't think general managers think that creatively like we do. Uh, I mean, creatively. I well, that, that's like a lot of moving pieces with a lot that's, of that's things what I'm that saying. could go wrong when you know you have a formula that works. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's too, much, there's too many variables, and I think we as podcasters and fans like to think way outside of the box because it's it's interesting and entertaining. Yeah, that's like Which stuff that is. might work in out-of-the-park baseball, but like doesn't necessarily... Uh, or, it works, well, it, it works in MLB The Show. Or or Jerry DePato. If you're Jerry DePato and you're... Yeah, that guy too. Yeah, that guy does... He trades like I a can maniac. Tell you, so. I can tell you that any time that I play MLB The Show, which I actually do, um, I am basically the Jerry DePoto of MLB The Show, and I create... Oh, me too. 
I trade half the roster for things that would never happen in real life. A million percent. <laughs> Trading is fun. Yeah, exactly. I've only gotten Nintendo Switch. All we have is RBI Baseball, and that game ain't that Sucks. great. Sucks. So. Other, other, oh, yeah. other consoles need to get other baseball games because the show has become like almost stagnant in how much they put into the game itself. Because there's no competition. It's monopolized by PS4. Yeah, also, ever since... Ever it, since it should not have taken 2K baseball away. Yeah, exactly. Bad. Yep. There's, mad, there's, I have an Xbox. I don't have a PS4. Yeah, there's no competition in the uh, baseball gaming world. Yeah, so, like, I'm stuck here playing RBI baseball with Dave, but I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't get there. I don't let myself do it. Um, yeah, but... <laughs> uh, I will say, though, uh, I think Pollock... Is going to do have a great year. I just again, I think JD Martinez is your fourth outfielder, and they, he still needs to be shuffled in, even though he shouldn't because he sucks at defense. But you know, he's the best hitter in baseball outside one, of Mookie Betts, maybe. One, two Mike Pluggers, you know. Yeah, but he did not win designated hitter of the year. What was that? Was that, what was that award? What was yeah, that? Was like yeah, that, yeah, yeah um, Chris Bryant won designated Chris hitter. Davis was. The Chris Edwin, Davis was. Yeah, the, yeah. So that was weird. Weird. JD should have won that, by the way. I think we can all agree on that. Did we talk about that on the last podcast? No, we didn't. No. Okay, we, well... Want to talk about it for a sec? He should have won it. Uh, Chris <laughs> Pat agree. Yeah, yeah, that... Yes. that is... All right, there's that for, segment done. Yeah, pretty straightforward. JD <laughs> Martinez was robbed. He was, like, a, he had 30... I think his WRC plus was like 170. Chris Davis's was like 140. wasn't even close in terms of their offensive production. What in the world? That's all I have to say. But now, my moving on to my uh, offseason wish list, I'm re-signing Nathan Avoldi at all costs. Love my boy, Nate Evo. Uh, he needs to come back. We've talked about this so much. We've beaten the dead horse. I won't beat it too much. And then after that, I do believe we do need a reliever. I agree with both of you guys. Um, you said David Robertson. You said uh, Familian Miller. Last week, I I said Miller, but I would also like to get a lefty, maybe Zach Britton. He obviously didn't have a great second half of the Yankees. Maybe his value's down. Um, I have never been a big believer. Like, I was crapping on Britton when there was, like, a proposed Chavis for Britton trade, but um, on a cheaper deal, I don't know realistically how much it would cost to attain Britton. I would like to bring a lefty into the mix. If you'll remember, it, the Red Sox bullpen got by predominantly without a lefty in the pen. So they don't need one. I think it's an overrated strategy, and Cora has, seems to embrace that sentiment too. But I would not mind bringing in Britton or, yeah, Andrew Miller too. Um, but Zach Britton seems interesting. I still think there's a lot left in the tank. I don't think he comes with as big of an injury risk as Andrew Miller, though he has been dealing with injuries for two, three years. So I don't even know. Both, both, both come with really high injury risk, but there's some reward there at a low cost. And then lastly... Um, I've been calling for this since April of, of 2018, maybe even February. The Red Sox need to get some catcher insurance. They can't stay with this group. I mean, they can. they World Series champions. They won 108 games. They're the best team in baseball by all intents and purposes. But I think it would behoove them to move uh, or at least get a catcher who has some competency with the stick. The Red Sox had the lowest WRC by catchers, WRC plus by catchers and war, and it was not even close. And 
every one of those Red Sox catchers can't really hit. I know people say Blake Swihart can. Dude had like a 60 to 50 to 60 WRC plus, which is about 50 to 40 percent below league average. Uh, I know he was kind of it, it was weird because he had some inconsistent playing time, might have brought that down. But even the underlying statistics aren't that encouraging. I would try to bring Jonathan Lucroy, who had a pretty bad year with the Athletics on a cheap deal, because why the hell not? The guy looks like a a good still looks like a really good defender and I know that they, they have some good defenders but he at least had a 70 WRC plus last year an 81 WRC plus the year before he's somewhat of a competent hitter and I think you could get him at cheap because he really did have a down year so I don't know I, I think this is something the Red Sox should explore I think Lucroy could be a decent addition now what do you guys think about potentially getting a catcher bringing one into the fold when you really think about I mean it, we kind of have the you go first, Chris. Oh, when you really think about it, the Red Sox won 108 games and the World Series with a 24-man roster. That's because Blake Swihart <laughs> literally just hung out and existed and got a World Series written for doing that because he didn't do much of anything. And I think, I like to think personally that if he had had a chance at uh, regular at-bats that he would have shown something. So that's why I think we're going to see one of those three disappear. And I don't think that one is going to be Blake Swire. Who would you speculate it is? Also, Blake Swire, totally the backup quarterback of the Boston Red Sox. But who do you think that would be? Wait, backup quarterback? Yeah. What? Backup quarterbacks? Probably well, want to sit there and be pretty. Sit there, be pretty, get a ring. Uh, I get you. I get you. Do it yeah. Brock Osweiler style. You see? That's the best way to do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, um, Jimmy Garoppolo has as many Super Jimmy Bowl Garoppolo. rings as Peyton Manning. Exactly. That's oh, so gosh, ridiculous. I didn't even think about that, but it's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's pathetically true. Uh, what, what about you, Dave? What would you think about bringing a catcher into the fold? I mean, I think we just have a logjam as it is right now between three pretty underwhelming options. I, I'm definitely with Chris in the camp that I think that Blake Swihart could be a competent hitter if they gave him, like, uh, regular at-bats. And by competent, I'm not even saying league average. I mean competent for a catcher, like, not an active liability like uh, Vasquez and Leon were. So, you know, Swihart, uh, Vasquez is the most expensive guy. I'd expect us to trade him for basically nothing just to free up the cap space. Sandy, all the pitchers love Sandy. I really wish they'd give Swihart a chance to just, like, learn defense because he did show... Last year, he showed, like, they were the ugly stuff, but he showed potential to be, like, at least an average defensive catcher with an average defensive bat. I think he could do a lot worse than that, or at the very least, if you're really sold that this guy can't be a catcher, show him off in spring training, show him off in, like, maybe the first month of the regular season, trade him, trade him also, and get something for him, because his ceiling is easily the highest of the catchers, and if you don't think he's ever going to reach it, sell it to sell him to someone who thinks he can. Yeah, because the yeah. Red Sox have pretty much, like, botched Blake Swihart's entire career. Yeah, we killed him. Yeah. The Red Sox the Red Sox, put that sniper uh, laser on his forehead and just said, <laughs> you know what? We're done. Sniper laser. Yeah. Um, I, I I still think it's close between in terms of ceiling between Vasquez and Swihart, not offensively. Actually, I don't even know. I mean, Vasquez had a 93. He was a league average hitter two years ago, but... That, we all there knew was, that was a an lot aberration. of batted ball. Line. We all knew, yeah, that's what I'm saying. We all knew that was an aberration, but 
I have not seen anything from Blake Swihart that's really going to convince me that that there's offensive potential. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that he's ever going to get there. And I'm not saying. And I I just don't like. I want the Red Sox to keep Vasquez and Swihart. I want Vasquez, but I don't know I if they actually will. Yeah, I mean, I could see it being Vasquez, Swihart, or Vasquez, Lacroix, and Swihart. I don't know. Lucroy, I said Lucroy. Lucroy. Um, but moving on here, uh, David Price, uh, our lovely, lovely David Price, uh, Dave's best friend, was named Comeback Player of the Year for 2018. Uh, this was weird because I went on, I don't know, someone posted something mean about David Price winning Comeback Player of the Year. Of course, it was a Yankee fan on Twitter. And what they they were making fun of him, saying like, "Oh, he can't be comeback. How was he comeback player of the year? He didn't even have that good of a year compared to last year when he had like the same ERA or lower ERA." Um, but weirdly, these Yankee fans were all chiming in, and they were all saying that it shouldn't have been David Price, but it should have been Nathan Avoldi as comeback player of the year. I just think that's interesting because these are a bunch of Yankee fans clamoring for Nathan Avoldi over David Price, like. There are a lot of other people you could have chose from, and you just chose the other Red Sox starter. I don't know. Do you think that there's an argument between Price and Avoldi, Dave, to who should have won this award? I think there is an argument for Price and Avoldi. Why Yankees fans are taking up the battle is beyond me. But um, ultimately, you know, I see the case for Avoldi. Obviously, he had the Tommy John's. He was out for a longer period of time, and really, like, Price had a fantastic playoff run, but... Evaldi probably had the more heroic one start to finish when you factor in the Yankees series, too. But honestly, I think it deserves to be Price just because Price was here the whole year. And, you know, the second half of the year, he was the ace when when uh, Chris Sale went down. He had the phenomenal, phenomenal run, like just truly 30 million a year type stuff right there. And, you know, he got the monkey off his back with that great uh, playoff win against Verlander. And then he went and was probably the runner-up for the World Series MVP if they voted on that, but they don't. So, you know, it was it was a well-deserved honor for David Price, if you ask me. Yeah, so uh, one of their talking points was that Nathan Avoldi came, you know, pitched zero innings in 2017, was recovering from Tommy John surgery, whereas David Price threw however many he did, close to 100, I think. Bring up a great point that David Price pitched a lot, and Nathan Avoldi pitched a lot, but he pitched about half as many. To shave that playoff monkey off of his back this uh, Achilles heel that people have like built this narrative around and it trust me it was bolstered by statistics but to get that and I don't know if comeback player of the year is voted before um, the playoff starts or we assume it's after considering he won the award um, but I don't know that for a fact thoughts on David Price being named comeback player of the year uh, they made the correct choice that's Beautiful. my thought that's a thought. I like it. And I think we all agree that they made the correct choice. How about this? Dave Dombrowski named executive of executive of the year by whom? Probably MLB writers and such. I don't know exactly. But he's executive of the year according to something I saw on Twitter. Uh, Dave, is this is this the correct move for whomever's given this award? Executive yeah. of the year, Dave Dombrowski? Yeah, I think this one's the correct move, too. Um, it's that or Billy Bean, but, you know, I... You know, they, Moneyball's only so effective. But a lot of people gave Dombrowski, it, you know, fairly well-deserved criticism for saying, like, yeah, you built a great team, but you only did it by out, outspending everyone else and selling out the farm. And that was pretty, like, you know, that was a fair criticism for 2016 and 2017, Dombrowski. 
But 2018, Dombrowski did a lot of stuff creatively that uh, you haven't seen from him in the past. He won the stare-off with uh, Scott Boris to really save a lot of money on J.D. Martinez and get him at a value. He didn't outspend himself, which was a great start. He crushed the trade deadline. He knew exactly what the team needed, what they didn't. He absolutely nailed hiring Cora. Basically, every move the dude made this season was the was a good one. And I know it's not factored into uh, into the executive of the year decision, but I really like his draft class. Of course, everyone got hurt this year, but based on what I've read about him, what I've well, I haven't really seen any of them. But based on the scouting reports, I really like the guys he picked. Really like the guys he held on to and the guys he trade the Kinsler trade notwithstanding. But yeah, it was a really fantastic year for him and. I think he deserved this honor as much as anybody. True. Chris, what about you? Uh, everything he touched turned to gold. And pretty much, who, who decides these awards? And where do they come from? These are just like such random awards. Like, this is see, random. See, but, like, no, I had no idea who decided this award, like, at all. But, but, yeah, I, I, this executive of the year, I have no idea. I would assume maybe it's the BBWA or something like that, but I'm not sure. So, somebody's getting a phone call before I... Uh, it's not me. But I, uh... I criticized Dombrowski pretty heavily for not being creative. Because everything that he did was not creative. And this year, while he opened the pocketbook and uh, got the best free agent hitter, he also acquired some guys in the middle of the year that cost very little which was definitely creative to supplement his roster. And I think that 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 makes him the winner to be able to identify people that fit in on the roster, fit in on what they were doing, and was able to execute on it. Uh, everybody wanted him to get a bullpen guy, but he didn't need one. So he just said, you know what we're going to do? Well, Alex Cora decided we were going to use uh, starters in the bullpen instead. Novel idea. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I will uh, thumb up every. Everything both of you guys said. I don't think I can really add Just anything to this conversation the like because, yeah, I'll, I'll click the retweet like button, favorite. Button. <laughs> if you're on, on Twitter, Facebook, you're on Facebook. Are you using the? I'm not using the emojis. I'm just gonna thumb you, it up. You're just using the thumb. You're not gonna use the heart, the laughing face, the no. surprise face, the, tears face, the angry face. Unless it's something sad, like if it's like you know, like you know, someone going through like you know, loss of a family member or something. I'm not gonna hit those. That's it. Looks like I like that. You know. If their family member died. I'm going to use something sad. There. I love the fact. But aside that from that, no, I'm just my, my emotions are uniform. Like I want them guessing when I hit the when I hit the thumb up button. Like what the hell is he thumbing this up? Like why does he like that? I, I, I like the the mystique behind that. Ever, exactly. I rarely ever. I don't think I've ever actually used any of the other emojis except for the like button. Me neither. I, I've I've literally only used the like button on Facebook. I am very like selective. Like I won't like everything. But on Twitter, I'm over here just, like, liking everything. I don't know why. Yeah, I, that's the way it is. Yeah. Just, like, Twitter. Twitter, like, I'm a whore. Retweet, like, retweet, like, like everything gets. But uh, not on Facebook. Not on Facebook. What about Instagram, you guys? I am... Want to shout out your Instagrams? I am not on I am Instagram. not, actually. I'm the only one here who's on Instagram, and I refuse to shout out my Instagram. So, yeah, we'll move <laughs> on from that. Um, so, Colton Brewer. Red Sox actually did make a move. You know, we're talking about how they haven't done anything because it's the dead of the offseason. But they traded for Colton Brewer from the San Diego Padres who needed to make room on their 40-man roster. Colton Brewer's interesting in that he did make his MLB debut last year. He struggled a little bit. His command was not great. His walk rate was over six 
but it was a very cameo, very small sample size. He only pitched like 10 innings uh, in major leagues last year. But AAA, he has some pretty good peripherals. Uh, his minor league track record looks pretty good. Big ground ball guy. I think they said he was a cutter curve guy. I could be wrong. Yeah, um, cutter curve. Cutter curve, and his cutter is pretty it's got pretty fast velocity on it too, which is something you like to see. And it kind of mimics a lot of the other Red Sox pitchers in in that cutter strategy. So he's interesting who the Red Sox had to give up was Esteban Kiros. Uh, sorry if I butchered that name, but Kiros uh, was a guy who had been very fond of my heart. They acquired him from the Mexican league uh, last offseason, And he was an on base freak, absolute freak. He got hurt this year, but in his, in his like brief hundred plate appearance sample size in Portland, 173 WRC plus. Uh, I think that's the same as JJ Martinez is in the major league. So, Kiros has got some potential. They're the same age, um, but I think the Red Sox probably needed relieving depth more than they needed infield depth. So, I definitely can understand where this move's coming from. Dave, what about you? Yeah, I think we gave up the better player in the long run, but this is more what we needed, and it's just sort of an organizational. Uh, philosophy that we're seeing this offseason where the Red Sox are putting all their priority on pitching, specifically bullpen pitching. If you look at the other moves they made with respect to the 40, right now they have 39 guys on their 40-man roster. They don't have Josh Akimi on it, but they do have Josh Taylor who we got in the Devin Marrero trade. He's a left-handed reliever who has a fairly low ceiling, probably is only ever going to be a lefty-only guy, Um, but we just feel the need to up as much relief depth as we possibly can um so if that's the strategy that they're going with then you know so be it i don't like the fact that josh coming up here and i don't like necessarily the fact that we gave up a better player in the reliever trade or trade but at the same point the Sox clearly feel confident about what we have offensively and not as confident about them. i can see where they're coming from there so you know i i guess it's okay but it i'm not too fond Mm. What about you, Chris? What were your thoughts on this move? Uh, get the duck boats ready again. Brewers <laughs> bringing a World Series to Boston 2019. 100%. Riding that train. Uh, I just, it, it, I, I don't get worked up over this. I, I just, it's a, it's a case of, well, this other, this the Esteban guy was like, I'm not going to butcher his name because I have more respect for him than that. But, uh, and I don't. Yeah, exactly. No respect. There. Blatant, blatant disrespect by you. Um, yes, blatant disrespect. But uh, no, I know. I just don't think that there's the guys like one guy is twenty five, the other guy is twenty six. It, it, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know what? Let's swap these prospects because you guys might need this more than I do, um, and hope for the best on either either side. And the, you may have given up a better, holistically. Uh, Esteban does have a home when you look at it, other than being like a utility guy, at least for the Red Sox at the moment. Yeah, and now I agree. Um, Esteban and I go way back, and when I mean way back, he was my favorite spring <laughs> training player outside of Bobby Pointer. Um, Why I watched you learn how to pronounce his name. Uh, too much, too much. I don't, I don't know. I, he I, learned I Pointer. Okay, what more do you want uh, from him? <laughs> exactly. I, I, I did get that. I'm not going up here saying Bobby Pointer, you know. I, I, I got that one, but but uh, I had my three. This is like one of the first articles on RedSoxOnFilter.com, probably before your guys' time on this site. But uh, my three spring training people to watch in camp were Kiros, 
and I'm 65% sure that's how you pronounce it, Bobby Pointer and Marcus Walden. Two of those guys contributed a little bit. Is he still in the 40-man? Is that still good? I I didn't hear that he's not, which surprises me because I don't see anything in him but Marcus Walden. Yeah, I don't. I just had to get the last one on there. Like I was excited about Kiros and Pointer, but like Marcus Walden, I was just like, eh. Let's just add important, this. But important update. Um, I went on Baseball Reference, and they have a whole page about how to pronounce names. Hmm. Right? Uh, how do we pronou- uh, pronounce? This how do pronounce- so Esteban is not on there, uh, probably because he is not of notoriety yet. But well, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's, uh, he goes by Jesus Hero. It's, it's Q-U-I-R-O-Z. It, it, it's in alphabetical order by their last name. Um, Is it? There's a Giller, There's a Guillermo. 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 It's Guillermo. Guillermo right there. Yeah, I should just read the pronunciation. <laughs> uh, it's Kiros. Kiros. Is that what I've been saying? Kiros. So you put Kiros with Rose. What have I been saying? I have no idea. I can't even remember I what I'm saying. The biggest one that bothers me the most is John uh, Jonathan Scope. That like S C H O O P. I call him Jonathan Scope. Shoop until like this year. Shoop, I could see Scoop, but I can't see Scoop in that. I've been saying Shoop like <laughs> the entire year. Um, I mean, until like this year, I started finally saying, you know what, it's Scoop. Um, I'm bad with names in general, so as you guys can tell, because I think I butchered your last names until like last week. That's okay. I'm used to it. I'm still butchering it. No, I'm kidding. Hmm. So another thing that happened. Christian Vasquez got married. Oh, also in other news, since we're going to really reach here. Uh, J.D. Martinez uh, is basically an elephant whisperer now. On the front page of MLB.com, you will see J.D. Martinez, our lovely designated hitter, pictured with two really cute elephants. Um, he's petting both of them. I don't know if he rode them or what the story... I don't even know where this took place. Like, I I, I have to think um, that... What, what, do you guys know where he actually saw these elephants? Like, was it at a zoo? Was it in a foreign country? But I don't know why I want to say this, but I want to say it was, like, South America. It was probably in his backyard. He has enough coin. He can buy anyone. I don't think that's a great habitat. Uh, Boston Red Sox slugger J.D. Martinez... You're looking it up. Rides elephants on vacation in Thailand. This is the news that we need. Thailand. 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 Wow. Thanks. Oh, yeah, Thanks, Chris. That's Smith. almost South America. That is. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, J.D. Martinez went to Thailand, and he pet some elephants, hung out with some elephants, which is pretty cool, pretty badass. It was uh, at the um, Anantara Golden Triangle Elephant Camping Resort. Oh, they have a can't. So he literally Wait, went out of his way to go to an elephant. How much did this cost? All right, I'm looking way too much into this now. Uh, See, I'm, you're into it now. I'm committed. Oh, he now. was ripping me before when we were off air, but now now he's into it. <laughs> I am. I am now committed to this. So Anna. Anna. Next week we should all just we we should do a live show from there. Golden trying. That's on the Red Sox unfiltered budget, right? Elephant camp. Yeah, and, totally. I'll just expense it. It's fine. Yeah. It I'll you can write you, it I'll off. Send, I'll send you the bill. Yeah. So, oh, I get the bill? Lovely. This is it. Oh, this, yeah, you're the owner. The, the address <laughs> of this place is 229-MU-1-WIANG-CHIANG. <laughs> is that it? Same district, Chiang Rai, 
Thailand. Does Baseball Reference have a uh, pronunciation section for this too? It does not. <laughs> oh my god, this this website is beautiful. See, what is going this on? This is worth talking about. How much does this cost? <laughs> I need to know how uh, much it costs to go ride the elephants here. Okay, okay, okay. Right. Eyes, we'll, we'll eyes on the prize. Eyes on the prize. We'll table this elephant. Look, I thought I was the one who was going to get really sucked into the segment, but it is clear Chris, Chris, Chris took the winner here. Hey, listeners, uh, if you want to fund our trip to uh, Elephant Land, Thailand. go on our articles and just keep on refreshing that link and over and over ads. and over again. Oh, my God. It's Hold on. Is that $948 a night? A night? Oh, that's so not a budget. Sure. Click those ads a lot, guys. Just keep clicking, and we'd still make only a dollar a day. <laughs> On a good day. Yay! Um, but now, let's actually transition to MLB Rapid Fire, hosted by, not me, by Chris. Chris, it's $948 a night! No, he's not ready for Clearly, that's, that's like the basic room. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to imagine he was staying in the three country view family suite here. Where you Chris, put how much is Chris, that? he makes twenty million a year. That's what I'm saying. It's one thousand eight hundred eleven dollars a night. One thousand eight hundred eleven dollars a night. JD Martinez, can you be my dad? He had to fly there too. He's like, he's like, yeah, he's like. Four years old would be that make that can make it my dad, right? Or he could have he could have how do we know he did not ride an elephant to Thailand? I'm assuming he did not ride. How would he have done that by sea? They have like this submarines is, they could is, fit an elephant this a, too. This is a very very interesting resort. Oh my god, we're still talking about <laughs> <laughs> I will take the MLB Rapid I, Fire Chris. Alright, alright, uh, this is up. gonna be called the the unfiltered rapid fire rapid Wait, I had a name in my head. Where to go? In Thailand. Unfiltered rapid fire round. Is that what I? Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's un- good. Let's do it. Unfiltered rapid rapid fire round, sponsored by nobody because nobody cares. Um, so here we go. So if, in case you don't know how this works, I ask everybody questions. We have a whole bunch of them this time. Uh, I got fifteen, sixteen. My numbering's a little bit better this week. Anyway, oh, man, you got a lot. Yeah, we didn't have to talk. About they're very, they're very quick. And if you guys want somebody to explain, you tell them to explain, uh, and then they get thirty seconds to explain themselves. Now, so, now before we get too far into it, how many of these are elephant related? Uh, none. None. All right. Oh, wow. None. Well, we just lost half our listeners, but okay, let's do it anyway. But elephants, man. I could put one in here about elephants while we're going. Uh, <laughs> all right. So number one, will the Phillies make a big off-season acquisition? You got to think blockbuster. Dick. Yes. Yes. Oh, a hundred times yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going with yes. That Clean sweep. Nobody wants to explain. All right, cool. We don't need to explain. On to the next one. Uh, does Tim Tebow crack the big league roster at all this year? Never. Yes. yes. Explain. <laughs> Explain. I, I think he will. Look, he would. I think he would have cracked the big league roster if he didn't get hurt. Um, Sandy Alderson has came out and said he thinks Tim Tebow is going to be a big leader, and he thinks it's going to be soon. But that was before, obviously, Sandy Alderson's no longer with the organization. He had to step down due to medical reasons. But the Mets, the Mets suck. The Mets will not be in it come September, 
And Tim Tebow's going to be to start the year in AAA. Why would you not? If I'm the Mets and I'm thinking financially, how do I get people to watch my 50-win crap team? Oh, I'm bringing Tim Tebow up, and I'm selling the crap out of those jerseys, and I'm making a ton of money off of it. Was that 30 seconds? That was it. That's that, 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 that what I'm going with, I'm going with yeah. yes as well. I, I'm clicking the like button. I'm okay, just like. Retweet. So, uh, next one. Do the Blue Jays manipulate Vlad Jr.'s service time even more this year? Going with yes. Mm, uh, yeah, I'll go with yes, too. Oh, yes. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It, makes, it makes me sad, but yes. Like, yeah. It hurts me, but yes. All right, yes. so, and so I'm now we're cool with it because it means we don't have to see Vlad early in the year. So, so now we're on number five, but really number four. Uh, will the Rays make any significant free agent signings? No, because they're the Rays and they're too cheap for that. Do trades count? No, I said free agent signings. Uh, I didn't know. Yeah, I know you, you did. You were pretty clear. Um, I'm going to go no. <laughs> that was like, very clear. Uh, I'm going to go yes. Oh, explain. Well, okay. So it really depends on what your uh, idea of significant is. But their reported interest, or at least talk about Nelson Cruz, makes me think that they might actually do something this year, considering they were... Uh, they, they, they won 90 games and were fairly close. They, they, they probably could have pushed for the playoffs if they didn't work terrible coming out of the gate. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Okay, I like that. Uh, but it also depends on if you expect Nelson Cruz to be considered significant. I would consider him significant. Quote, unquote. For the, by the race standards, that's By race standards, that is pretty significant. Um, next one here. Does Blake Swihart stick with the Red Sox in 2019? Uh, oh, let me ask a question. Does stick mean like he stays the entire year or just like cracks the opening day roster? No, he's there the whole year. He becomes part of the catching cannon. No. No. No, like yes. Ooh. Does Paul Goldschmidt get traded? Yes. No. I'm going with yes, but I want Pat to explain himself. Uh, I mean, he could. <laughs> he definitely could. I think him and Greg, he might be on <laughs> no, the trade block. No, but, but he could. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Mookie Betts can be traded. That's no. <laughs> neither here nor there. Like, Mookie Betts could not uh, be traded. He could be. Look, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but he could be. <laughs> I don't have a reason. I think the Diamondbacks still have... A, what looks like kind of a contender, and I think they're going to push their chips for one more year. I don't think they have the most an- analytical front office, and I think that'll show when they decide to retain Paul Goldsmith. Okay. I feel you. Did either of you go out shopping on what is Crazy Friday? Black Friday? No. Um, if, you're ca- if you're counting this year, yes. What other year are you counting? Uh, the 19 years that I've lived before and I didn't I go said, Black Friday. I said, did you go out shopping on this past Friday? Oh, I thought you said, he, okay. He, I'm yeah, obviously, Dave, he needs to listen. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Yes, I did. Jeez. I thought you said, did I grow up? Okay, yeah. Yes. What? 
Back to your ears cleaned or something. Yeah, man. I do, I do you know, have tinnitus. They make, they make this uh, earwax, like this thing that like loosens the earwax in your ears. You can, uh, I have seen that. Get, yeah, it feels nice. I've used it before. Um, so, no, I, I did not go out shot. I, I actually worked for 10 hours on Black Friday, so no. Um, do you willingly listen to country music? No. Yes, actually, yes. Yes. Your yes too, Chris. Explain to me. So, uh, my my wife of three years now. I've been dealing with her for twelve years now. Um, she really, really, really loves country music, and because of that, I have been subjected to it. And there is stuff that's not that bad that has made its way onto my Spotify playlist. So that's that's how that works. It's all Carrie Underwood. <laughs> it is all one hundred percent Carrie Underwood. I actually hate, I hate Carrie Underwood, like 1,000% hate Carrie Underwood. This really? Is, this is about as intriguing, <laughs> this is about as intriguing as our elephant talk. No, I just like, uh, her, her, uh, she's got that, like, that voice of, like, every female singer that's, like, carbon cut out, like, power voice, and that just bothers me. I think she's a wonderfully talented performer. I have nothing else to say. Move on. Will the Baltimore Orioles be the biggest dumpster fire in 2019? Mm. Mm. Yes. Go- Give me the yes. Give me the yes. I'm going with no. Actually, no, I'm changing my I'm, go- I'm no. going with no. I'm, I'm going, going to go with no, too. Yes. I thought a bit harder about it. I'm sticking with no. Yeah. For sounding yes. Well, you're going to explain yourself. You have 30 seconds. Dude, they had the they had the GM meetings, and they didn't even have a GM. They had no GM. They literally sent a representative from the organization who probably had nothing to do with anything. He wasn't even allowed to like make decisions. All he was there to do was to listen and wear a name tag. He couldn't do anything. They're bad. They're mismanaged. They're bad. Look, I'm not denying they're bad, but counterpoint here, the Marlins. I think mm. the Marlins are better managed, guys, and they have more of a future. All right, further counterpoint, the Mets hired an agent to be their GM. <laughs> I, but the, Jet, the Mets have Jacob DeGrom. The Mets are the Mets, dude. They'll find a way to ruin him. They did it already, and he's the National League Cy Young Award winner. No, but they'll do it worse this time. DeGrom had a Nothing historical season. Nothing stops Jacob season. DeGrom. Nothing stops Jacob DeGrom. We'll see about that. Not even cutting that hair. Not even cutting that hair. Uh, Moving on here. Uh, Will Hanley land on a major league roster in 2019? Yes. I'm going with no. Yeah. Uh, Dave, you know what? You explain, because I feel like you haven't been able to explain a lot. (laughs) Your your choices have been logical, Dave. You you haven't had to explain, (laughs) so you're going to explain it now. Hanley had a good year last year, especially in April. He came out of the gate, like, on fire. He had a terrible May, and we didn't want to pay him $22 million next year, which was the right move, so we kind of just got rid of him. He reportedly had teams interested in him in 2018. He kind of just took the year off, and I think he's. I think there's still something left in the tank. I think he won't get, he won't get that much money, but if he wants to come back, there's definitely a place for him in the majors still. I agree. Oh, no. 
Is that a lack of faith in Hanley, or is that a lack of faith in Hanley taking, like, not that much money? I will explain. I had to wait for the timer to get to 30 seconds, uh, because I don't feel like doing math. So, basically, (laughs) Hanley, I, I think that he may have gotten offers, but I feel like the DH slash first base is not in high, high demand. So I think for him, it's a lot of teams are going to be going um, cheap, and he might not be cheap, and if he is cheap, he won't land on a contender, and he probably wants to land on a contender. I made it just in the 30 seconds. Do I have a pause? All right, moving on from Hanley. I miss you, Hanley. Three days, will you be back? You did not come back, sir. You know that whole like megaphone mm-hmm. thing? He came he came out and he was like, three days, we'd be back. And then he never came back. Yeah. <laughs> irony. Beautiful <laughs> irony. Saddest thing on the entire planet. Alright. What was your favorite cartoon growing up? Uh, I was a SpongeBob kid. Uh, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friend. Oh, dude, that's true. You are such a cultured individual. Yeah, right? I know. I, I felt bougie I, saying it. I am older than you folk here. Um, I enjoyed me some Hey Arnold. I, I, was, Hey Arnold. I was around for Hey Arnold. Short I was man. Around, I was even around for Hey Arnold. Short man. Never eat raspberries. Um, yeah, don't eat raspberries. Remember uh, that episode where they, like the school, like New York City got flooded or something and there was a random pigeon dude and at the end like the pigeons took him and he just flew away into the sunset? Man. Pigeon Man, yeah. uh, Stoop Kid is also afraid to leave his stoop. Don't forget. Oh, yeah. Everyone um, knows that. There's that episode with Mickey Mantle where Arnold just hurt everyone every time he swung the bat. He knocked out Mickey Mantle. Dangerous, and was... dangerous lumber. I know that episode. I'm a... You know I, the title? <laughs> okay. I, I don't, don't know, know if that the was titles. the title. I don't know if that was the title, but that was at least, like, what it was called. It was called <laughs> Dangerous Lumber because Arnold, like, whacked everybody with the ball every time he hit, he hit something. And then he went and saw. Uh, it was his name was actually Mickey K Line. Um, it was and, Mickey Mantle. No, it was Mickey K Line, and he he was he was like a super ginormous dude too. Like he was huge, and uh, he went to like his little shop thing and he talked to him. And then uh, afterwards, this is going way long, thirty seconds, but I don't care. Uh, <laughs> and then like at the end, he goes back to like face the fifth graders, and he hits a home run, and it goes up to the billboard, and the billboard explodes, and then it whacks Mickey. Mickey K line in the head. I'm glad that we were able to tie Hey Arnold with baseball. Hey Arnold. I'm glad we made that yeah, connection. It's loosely. Yeah, it all it's comes back. Of Mickey yeah, K yeah. line. Mickey K line's the man. Mickey Mantle and Al Kaline uh, offspring hybrid right there. Maybe. <laughs> I don't really yeah, know what the I origin of Mickey K line is. I bet you that's it. All right. Well, moving on. Uh, Josh Donaldson just got a contract. Uh, does his signing for more than $20 million dictate a lot of spending coming? No. No. Yes. Explain. explain. <laughs> I didn't want to say yes. Whenever there's the contrarian, they have to explain. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think we should just make this the contrarian has to explain. Um, the lone wolf. Yeah, the lone wolf. Uh, so I, first of all, I think it's dumb to give, wait, Where's my timer? Hold on. All right, we're good. Um, I think it's dumb to give $20 million on a, on a make good contract to somebody. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but I think that the fact that a team was willing to hand out $20 million to a guy that 
22 or whatever he got that was kind of hurt might actually see some good spend in. That's my thought on the matter. Okay. Yeah. All right. My my counterpoint is though that that was a one year deal. It's not like this has any long term repercussions on them. It's they're instead of buying low per se, they're buying medium because Donaldson, when fully healthy, is more than a twenty million dollar player, and it's basically just he's resetting his market, playing for a little bit less than he otherwise would have got, but. This way, the Phillies don't have to worry about an entire offseason. Will he, won't he? They kind of got that out of the way early. So uh, I don't really see how like that deal is going to have too much of an effect on the market itself. Yeah, I guess not. But I just think that there's going to be a lot more money than we think there is, at least more than last year, definitely. Oh, oh that's a really low bar. So yeah. uh, back, <laughs> back to Hey Arnold. Um, Mickey K-Line plays for the Hillwood Black Sox. That's the thing. Oh, he had five hundred. This is a lead in for another question. He had he had a lifetime average of two ninety nine and hit five hundred thirty three home runs. Why do we have like all time stats for this guy? Uh, they it would have tied him with real? it would have tied him with Jimmy Fox on the all time wow. home run list. Is he a real player? No, he's said? not. Oh, he's uh, fictitious. Okay, yeah. I don't see why. Any... Why do they have these numbers for him? I have no idea. I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> All right. Just K-Line tells Hey Arnold that he wants Faith Bob Gibson in the World Series. I believe it. Yeah. K-Line, you were really into that episode. I, you know what, I just love Hey Arnold. I'll sit there and watch it. It's kind of a thing. Um, I'm happy for you. Yeah, you should be. It doesn't say anything about where his <laughs> name came from, though. Um... Moving on, uh, will Jacoby Ellsbury ever play at even a decent level in the majors, or is he basically done? Done. There's hope. I think he's done. Okay, Pat, why? <laughs> why is that? I mean, hope? even Ellsbury in 2017, when everybody was calling him trash and obviously disparaging his good name, he was still close to a two-win player. He's still pretty athletic. I don't know how much his injury is going to derail him, and I don't know how much of it was the Yankees just didn't have room for him and they didn't want him on the field. Um, so I, I think that Ellsbury, if he goes to a different team, could play at like a two-win level. I think he'll be in a below-average hitter, but I think that there's still hope, and I, and I, and I think that uh, when if he inevitably gets traded this offseason, he'll have a better opportunity to show that. Another hand roll tidbit. Um, <laughs> he he is based off of uh, I think he Mantle and Al Kaline. So ah, I was right. And he played at Quigley Field. Quigley, Quigley Field. All right. So if you can't watch live baseball during the winter, what sport catches your your attention the most? Football. Football. Uh, only baseball exists. So I just become a shut-in. If I have to watch another sport, it's definitively... Like, if I had to... So, I can't really explain, can I? Um, I'm just going to say hockey. Hockey. <laughs> Hockey's not bad. Yeah. I'm starting to get into hockey a bit more. Uh, the Maine Mariners, they're in their first year up here. They used to be the Portland Pirates. We didn't have a team last year, but now we're the Maine Mariners. 
And, uh, you know, I've gone to a few of their games this year, and it's so fun watching live hockey. And that was keeping right. up with Maine by Dave. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's um, not a real podcast episode if I don't talk about how I live in Maine. That's, that's true. Uh, final <laughs> question. This one comes in from myself. Uh, if you could ride any animal, which would you pick? Elephant. Elephant. Oh, I beat you to it. Elephant. <laughs> <laughs> why why ride an elephant guys because JD Martinez when you can ride when you can ride an ostrich I don't want to ride an ostrich Those things no are because I, I could ride an elephant instead so I'm going to do it and yeah, I, that, that does it for the unfiltered rapid fire round sponsored by nobody because nobody cares and that and with that tie-in, that will do it for the Red Sox and Filter podcast, which is also <laughs> s- sponsored by nobody. Um, but we will to- be sponsored by somebody. We, we will. We, we totally will, hopefully soon. Uh, but check yeah, out, guys, check they- out Hey Arnold if you have never checked out Hey Arnold. Yes, Mickey check K. out K. Hey Arnold. Shouts. Go look at the picture of J.D. Martinez with Elephant. Elephants, yes. Um, uh, follow go- us on Twitter at Unfiltered. Yeah. That's a thing you should do. Like our Facebook page at Red Sox Unfiltered. Sorry for the discrepancy there. But yeah, that's it, guys. Um, do you guys got any departing thoughts? Um, yeah, I'll just say it right now. Josh Kimmy, when you go away in the Rule 5 draft, I will miss you, my friend. Well, that was sad. I wanted to leave off a happy note, Dave. That was sad. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> um, happy notes. Elephants are cool and... Um, if and I Dave's, ever become stupidly, extravagantly wealthy, I'm going to spend a weekend at that J.D. Martinez Elephant Hotel. Or if Red Sox and Filter become super successful, we'll do a live show on the backs of elephants. How about that? Dude. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, Chris, what about you? What are you gonna What are you gonna leave the listeners with? Uh, I need people to go follow me at Gopher the Topher, uh, spelt like the animal Gopher and the Topher with Christopher minus Chris. Uh, so at go for the Topher because I need to be able to monetize my Twitter so that I can afford to go for nine hundred forty eight dollars a night to this place <laughs> to ride the elephant so I can be like JD Martin. Should we start like a GoFundMe for this so we uh, can this all would be go? Like a, this would be like oh, a we'll first do a world Patreon problem. so the viewers can get Patreon. Yeah, this would be well, like well, this would be like a well, weird we get the viewers. Um, we'll, we'll do a live episode together in our elephant hotel. That hurts, man. Ivory. <laughs> In ivory, too too yeah. far, too far. I'm sorry. Yeah, that 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 was that was a jerk move. I was kidding. But yeah, you can uh, listen to this uh, lovely podcast on many of platforms, including SoundCloud and iTunes. Sometimes our lovely affiliate, the Grueling Truth Network, is so kind to post our Red Sox and Filters podcast literally everywhere, including Spotify. Uh, iHeartRadio and Stitcher and sometimes YouTube. But yeah, guys, uh, thank you for listening to the 31st episode of the Red Sox Unfiltered Podcast. We will be back next week to talk about elephants, Red Sox, and Major League Baseball. What's not to love? And hey, Arnold and Mickey Kalon. Alright, guys, thank you for listening. I need to just do like a blooper I'm gonna, real I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna create a like, blooper <laughs> session. <laughs> good. We, we can go. Uh, right now works.
it's a go. Oh. <laughs> 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 well, okay. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a countdown. And Whatever you want to do, I will. I will splice it together with the. Best. Oh, it's elephant. Say I. I. I'll. I'll Elf. follow your lead, my captain. I'll. I'll, I'll, <laughs> okay. fo- I'll follow you into the dark. Okay. Three, two, one. <laughs> I don't think three, two, one was necessary. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's rolling right now. It's rolling. It's rolling. Okay, we're gonna have to cut.